The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? John Brown, Mike Jones, offense, defense, and discourse. We're back, John. We were awful. Yeah. We took last week off, but yeah, we did. We had to take we had to take in all that playoff basketball. We we had there was a lot going on in the first round. First round's over in the East. If you're in the East, if you're an East Coast fan, this is, first round's been over since Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Tuesday night. The Sixers finished off the Nets. Mm-hmm. No, now let me ask you a question because we t- we have talked on this show before. We've talked about, I guess, I've kind of put out there to you comparing NHL playoffs to NBA playoffs mm-hmm. because I think both are exciting in their own in their own special way. Now, there's been a couple of game sevens in the NHL. Yep. Couple big upsets, couple number one seed, uh, number one seed going down. And, you know, and these are the things that make the NHL playoffs so exciting. Okay, if you hear me say, like I've said on this show and others, in my opinion, the NHL quietly has the best, the best, best. playoffs in sports. I agree, and the reason I say that is because there's constant excitement because mm. anybody anything, can win. Any anything An can eight happen. Eight seed could literally win the Stanley Cup. Now. Flip that to the to the NBA. Specifically, no, in, no eight seed will ever win the Larry O'Brien. Okay, I mean, never. Uh, well, that I, that I understand that I agree with. However, this year's playoffs in the East, mm-hmm. no series goes more than five games. Do you think that takes away from the series? Like, are you has this still been an exciting first round in the East, even with no series going more than five games? No, none of the teams that won. Won more than one game. Oh, excuse me. No, none of the See, teams that lost won more than one game. Mm-hmm. Well, each series was different. Okay. The Indiana Boston series was a sweep, mm-hmm. but there were a few close games in that series. Yeah. The way Boston went about winning that series, they looked good, but they also looked vulnerable. There were a couple of those mm-hmm. games where they were down late. Mm-hmm. And if. Indiana had anybody who could create a bucket of their own in certain situational basketball. <coughs> Victor Oladipo. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Those games could have gone a completely different way. Okay. And not to mention Victor Oladipo is also a outstanding defender. Yes. So, but without him, the talent differential, differential showed up. But those games weren't. They weren't Lop- bad games. Blowouts. They weren't lopsided. Okay. They were definitely good games. They were entertaining. All right. True or, f- true or false? Only real bad series in the East was Milwaukee and Detroit. False. Okay. Why? Toronto and Orlando wasn't exceptionally entertaining either. Okay. Okay. Orlando got their one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was not any point in that series where anyone questioned who was going to win that series. Yes. It was just, yeah, okay, they got a game. Now, the Philly versus Brooklyn series had some excitement. 
Yes. Oh, that definitely had some, some excitement. <laughs> some finishes that were by a wide margin, some that weren't so wide. Mm. Game four, I believe it was, the Sixers trailed in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. and had to come back to win. There was exciting b- basketball to be had in the first round in the Eastern Conference. It just wasn't a situation. There were okay. I'll say it this way: there were good games, mm-hmm. not necessarily a good series. Okay, okay, but, but there were good games to yeah, watch. Yeah, but I, I guess I, because it's easy to just look at the numbers. And I feel like that's something that we do nowadays. That's what's become of sports talk, sports debate, mm-hmm. where it's people don't watch, people don't necessarily watch the games, but they see the numbers, they see the end results and still want to argue. I feel like back, if I may have an old man moment. <laughs> no, take your time. Go okay. Ahead. I feel like back in the day when you wanted to have a debate the debate was over actually watching the game. Yes. Whereas you can say, like I put, I like, I admit when I get out on a basketball court, I don't have a lot of coordination. <laughs> they tell me to get down on the blocks, get some rebounds. I, you know, me like most uncoordinated big men, I really wish I could play the point. <laughs> But I can't. But what I come over to this you, show. You do realize the point guard is an art form, right? Y- yes, I, I do. And I do realize that I got it's an art form and I got a box full of crayons. Nonetheless, I still want to create art. <laughs> so on this show, I like to serve up my man Mike. I like to throw you some lobs so you can just bring it down. That's what I did to start this. That's how I started this segment. Hey, throw out a quick two or false. Throw out a quick scenario. Let you disagree or agree. And we go from there. But nonetheless, I mean, I, I, I say all this because in the end, I know Mike. And I know no matter what emotional tangent I go on, Mike's going to come with some objectivity. And you're going to be honest. I tr- I try to, and I, I respect that about you. I think that's what that's what makes us a good team. So, for me, back in the day, no matter what you did, it was always it, arguments were based on how you saw the game. Nowadays, you know, people I feel like people fall for narratives, and one of the narratives that people fall people get into is the whole NHL versus NBA argument especially come playoff times. And you're going to see NHL with a bunch of game sevens, a couple one uh, one seed getting upset by an eight seed and automatically just say, boom, NHL must be better than NBA because you have the East and you have a bunch of five-game and four-game series. I know Mike watches basketball. So I know that the easy way out would just say, hey, man, NHL is better. And NHL is good. That's not a knock to the NHL. For me, it's like, look, that's why God gave you two eyes. Get yourself a second TV, and you can watch them both. Get yourself a Roku stick and put it right next to, the, you know, buy them $100 can get you some get you extra TV. Let's see, John, here's the thing, though. Mm-hmm. I am watching the NBA playoffs. Yes. 
I'm also watching NHL. That's right. And I am one of those guys who actually says NHL is better in the playoffs. I'm one of them. You're one of them? I'm one of them. And I'm a basketball junkie. Mm. You know I'm a basketball junkie. But the thing is, honestly, most years in the NBA, the final four is relatively predictable. Agreed. So which means it doesn't get truly interesting until you get to the final four and then on into the championship round. Most of the other series, while you might see some highlights and good games, the series are foregone conclusions, and they almost always hold to to the script. Mm. So from that standpoint, hockey does offer more excitement throughout their entire playoffs. Okay. And that is the basis of my feeling that Hockey has a better playoffs. That doesn't mean necessarily mean ho- hockey has a better championship round. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean that the Stanley Cup Finals versus the NBA Finals. No, not what I'm. I'm saying mm-hmm. the entire playoffs as okay. a whole more exciting in hockey. Okay, for me, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to spend a lot of time. I don't like to spend a lot of time disputing that because I like them both. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me, I can enjoy both of them. I don't want to compare the two of them. I see your argument, you know, and and, yeah. for, and for me, it's like I don't want to get into that because I feel like I feel like you can enjoy both of them. I, I hear and what, I, and I, I agree. With, I agree with you on that point as well. I don't want anyone to think I'm saying choose sides, watch yeah, hockey, yeah. don't watch basketball. Yeah, because I, I, I watch both and I enjoy them both. Because I feel like every every year come this time, every year come April, mm-hmm. you know, there's somebody saying, "Oh man, this is what you know." This hockey person, "Oh man, this is why the NBA sucks." NHL is so much better. I'm like, you know what? NHL is good. No, maybe NHL is better. I like them both. I don't need, you know, I don't now need Now, let's be fair. Both. If you're not a fan who actually watches both, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear from you. Okay. If you're a fan that's never watched an NBA game, I for whatever yeah. reasons you might choose mm-hmm. to, to watch hockey and not yeah. watch basketball, I don't know what your reasons are. <laughs> whatever reasons those That's a two-hour show for a, for a whole day. <laughs> but whatever those reasons may be, yes, yes. you chose to to engage with hockey and didn't like basketball. Uh-huh. I don't want to hear from you because you're biased and you have no true experience spending time mm-hmm. watching, appreciating basketball playoffs. So you like like that's the person you were talking about earlier. That's just looking at numbers, not really. Mm. actually analyzing the product. Mm. Now, if you tell me about someone who, like, I have a friend, and he's actually my friend who really gave me my education in hockey. Okay. He watches both. Mm. He, and if he were to have an opinion like that, I'd stop, listen to him, hear his points. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe I agree, maybe I don't. But you're worth listening to. Yeah. Vice versa, if you're the guy who, for whatever reason, only watches only bas- watches yeah. basketball, mm-hmm. 
whatever that reason might be, you don't like hockey. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's too cold. Maybe you were from somewhere too far in the south. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Hockey wasn't your thing. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to hear from you either about the hockey playoffs being – you just don't like the sport. Mm -hmm. So you've never – you're biased against the sport. I can't yeah. even say you don't like the sport. You never gave the sport Board a chance. Teams, yeah. When did you start – for you, when did you start getting into hockey? I initially would watch and like the sport from the time I was 12, 13. Okay. Problem was – for me, at least, mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of hockey going on in my area. Mm -hmm. And hockey back then, whenever back then was pre-HD TV, mm -hmm. was not the easiest thing to follow. <laughs> it, it's, it's, yeah. There's a reason they experimented with stuff like glowing pucks mm -hmm. and all this other stuff, or the trail after yeah. the puck, mm -hmm. all these, yep. trying oh, to yeah. make the game easier to follow. Mm -hmm. So... Being as though I'm in an environment where there's not a lot of hockey going on mm -hmm. and it's not the easiest thing to follow on TV, I liked the sport. But it wasn't probably till teens, early like late teens, early yeah. 20s, mm -hmm. when I really started to engage with the sport more, started to learn rosters, learn, like really learn yeah. rosters, learn players, track what's going on in through my late 20s, early 30s, I really started getting into the sport, really digging into strategies uh -huh. and stuff. So at this point, yeah. I like to think I know a little bit about hockey. Okay. I, I will tell you, my experience with hockey really started with Lindros because mm -hmm. he was just this bruising dude, and I just remember watching one day. Now, what year did Lindros get drafted? This was early, um, early 90s. Early 90s. So I'm I'm a teenager, probably late late teenager. Early nineties, I was this early teens. So that's around the time where yeah. I was starting. So that's why when you said Lindros, that's yeah. around the time I'm starting to get into yeah. hockey. I just remember. So we got in around the same yeah, time. I just see his physicality is what drew me in. Just straight him. But being, it was the cop combination of for me of the physicality and the skill. Okay. Well, I will say this. For me, respecting the skill came later. Mm -hmm. Like, just straight up and down, I just remember watching a game. I think it might have even been his very first game. And he just clocked somebody, then got the puck off the break and scored. And I just remember going to school the next day telling my friends, yo, Flyers got this whiteboard that's just out here killing people. <laughs> you got to see, like... Mm -hmm. Like I like for me now for your for your normal hockey fan that was probably like routine. My it was it was a good play or whatever. But for me, it was just like it was like I like word they this hit goes people on in the like this is what y'all do. You know, it's like look at the risk of just sounding young and ignorant at and, the time. You know, he's like hockey was a white person sport. You know, I, I don't want to. You know, you know, I danced around saying that. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, I understand. <laughs> uh, uh, what, I'm, what, what I'm saying is, you know, from then, you know, mm -hmm. it, it grew. And growing within hockey and learning the sport and learning the history of the sport, mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was able to address my ignorance. 
But coming up as a kid, you know, even in the eighties, you know, into the nineties, like look, man, hockey was a white boy's, you know, it was for white people. And then I just see, I saw Lindros out there. And I think I truly believe. I, rem- I remember the story of because it was it, it was national news. It was on Sports Center every day when Lin- you know, the battle between who was going to get the rights to Eric Lindros. Did he, you know, I think Mm -hmm. he was drafted by Quebec. He didn't want to play for Quebec. And they had had a trade in place with the Flyers and the Rangers and who was going to get him. So that was a story. So I remember this. And then I remember his first game. And I'm like, yo, that's what they doing out here in this hockey? I think I might be down with the hockey thing. Mm-hmm. I remember going to school, like yo, telling my friends, like, "Yo, did you watch this and, Flyers game? Because they got a white boy that's out here killing people." And I, and I know it's 2019. Yeah, I mean, and by, by no way am I encouraging violence. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, a young boy back then, yeah. with the style of hockey that was played back then, you were likely to just as likely to see somebody drop the gloves and fight, like work. once or twice a game. Because you would sit there, like you still had real enforcers on the you, ice. There, you would see fights in basketball, and you would see fights in football. But what would happen? They get suspended. Mm-hmm. You know, they get kicked out the game. Hockey, you go Hockey, to the box. Yeah, you for go five to minutes. the box for five minutes, then you come back, and then y'all can fight again if you want to. Mm-hmm. Now, the only thing I didn't understand about hockey fights was I got the stick in my hand. That's a criminal charge. I understand. I got this stick in my hand. You want to fight me. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to put this stick down and fight you? Yes. No. Because if I fight you with the stick, that is actually a criminal charge. No, that's a good point, but I just didn't understand. I'm like, <laughs> oh, you want to fight me? I have this stick in my hand. You just that's put assault. your- That's assault with a weapon. I have a stick. I mean, you put your stick down and you want to fight. Let's, let's, you think I'm going to put my stick down? You know, as, as barbaric as- People may have been at one point or not. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> there have been limits. You might let be willing to let two men square up and have a fair one. Uh-huh. But when one guy's got a stick, it it's gonna get ugly. That's true. That is true. That that, that is true. I just never understood it. It was like, look, you wanna fight me, I have a stick, and I'm supposed to put this stick down. What part of the game is that? Because it what part of the game is Hitting people with your stick. that It's kind of like, I'll put it this way. Uh-huh. Not hitting someone with a stick is kind of like not bridging somebody in basketball. Okay, There are just certain things that are part of the game. Like a, okay. like a pitcher is not that's supposed to throw at a batter's head. Okay. Or that, things like good, that. That's a good, that's a good like analogy. Players okay. understand that they're all taking a risk out there. So there's certain lines we're just not going to cross okay. out of respect for the game and each other. Okay. And then there are other things that are... You know, I might give you a hard shoulder block on the basketball court, send you to the ground, mm. but I'm not going to take your legs out from under you. Okay, you know, that's, right. no, that's a good, that, that's that's a fair analogy. I understand. I just, I'm just saying, as a as a youth, un, trying to understand the hockey thing, mm-hmm. I never understood that. When I was a kid, I'm like, okay, I got a stick in my hand. You want to fight me? I got to put the stick down. No, that's not how this is going to work. <laughs> All right, let me tell you how this is going to work. Bow right across your forehead with this stick. Fight over, and then the cops come. Then the cops come. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, that wouldn't. Yeah, your yeah, hockey career is hockey over. Hockey career is over, but I'd be a G, though. Your criminal career just start got off to a good but start. But I'd be a G, though. Y'all see me. I get, yes, I'm going to get let off the, uh, I'm gonna get let off the rink mm-hmm. in handcuffs, never to be seen again. Mm-hmm. But I went out like a G. Hockey career over? Hockey career over. Criminal career just started. Everyone, everyone just talk about, hey, you remember that time John Brown knocked dude out with the stick right there in the middle of the rink? Mm-hmm. Got locked up. Got locked get a up. Job. Where I've been out on the block you, ever you're, since. You're pretty Pretty much, but still, but still, you'll remember my name. I'll be a, I'll be a trivia answer for the rest of my life. Who was the black guy who knocked out the hockey player in the middle of the rink with his stick? I'll take John Brown for five hundred dollars. <laughs> but, but it is what it is. But un- but nonetheless, see there you. That's that that's that's ladies and gentlemen. That is how you master and you maneuver. A perfect tangent in radio. <laughs> That's how you squeeze twenty extra minutes out of a conversation. All right, you, you talk good stuff. You know that that happened. The filibuster. The, is that what this was? Was that a filibuster? A filibuster? You know. <laughs> and then it goes off the rails. <laughs> and then it just goes off the rails. But e- either way, hey, look, man, wanted to talk to you about a couple. Let's. I mean, let's 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 try and bring it back to basketball real quick. All right. Because we got to talk, because the East is done. East is set. East is set. It's all chalk. Mm-hmm. All right. One, two, three, four. That's what's, that's what's still in it. I mean, let's be honest. The first round is over. First round. Okay. At this point, time and day, we're, time we're having this conversation. The only series I'm not certain which way it's going, mm-hmm. San Antonio and Utah. Mm-hmm. I mean, San Antonio, Denver, excuse yeah. me. Now, and look, man, uh, our good friend, Anthony Gilbert, mm-hmm. he said Den- he has Denver coming out the West. Mm-hmm. Now, that could still very, that could very well still happen. And that was a series that I said I'd give Popovich and the Spurs system at least two games and thought it was going to be a very tough one, but I expected Denver to win. Yeah. So far, I'm all right with that. Mm-hmm. You're not wrong. You haven't been wrong yet. That being said, I you noted earlier that I do try to be honest on our show. Okay, yeah. So I'm going to do that now to end this our first segment. Okay. I'm going to be honest. All right. I was wrong. I was wrong. Whoa. whoa. What was you wrong about? But the thing is, not only was I wrong, I should have listened to the person telling me something different because they were right. Who was right? Me. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm, let me process this. You are admitting you were wrong. Yes. And you should have taken advice that that told you otherwise. Yes. And person that told you that advice was you. Yes. <sighs> All right. So this is a I was wrong, I was right moment. I, I shouldn't be surprised. I was surprised. <laughs> I, I heard I was right before. I, I heard I was wrong and for a moment I was I was a little shocked but now with this, now it's just like you know what, this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a real quick break. That's where you were going with this, right? Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to take a real quick break. 
and then we're gonna get, jump right back into this conversation because I, I need I need to hear this, even though I really don't want to hear this. <laughs> All right. All right. Right up more after this. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. When it comes to parenting, there are no perfect answers. But that's okay, because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on adoption, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us through the break. Yeah, We're yeah, back. Yeah. Before the break, mm-hmm. I said something. Yeah, of course. I, I admitted that I was wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't do that a lot. No, you don't. No. that Now, there, right there, that is the truth right there. I, I don't admit I was wrong a lot. No. Because it's rare I was actually wrong. So I don't have to do it often. <laughs> Here we go. But Here we go. I was wrong. All right. Okay. What was you wrong about, my friend? What I was wrong about this, this should be good. was the Oklahoma City Thunder beating the Portland Trailblazers. Did you call, did you call that? I called that. Okay, hold on. Hold on. I got to go to – look. And I called I'm, it, I'm, and I'm I want to say it was six or seven. All right. Now I got to find it. I got to find our notes. What did you say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you did, bro. I, I told you I'm an honest man. Yeah, yeah, you did. Now, look, let's run it down the line because we were all wrong. See, here – me being a follower that I am, you predicted Oklahoma City in six. So me being a follower that I am, I just followed you right down that hole. I saw you jump in it. So I said, hey, my man is jumping into it. So let me jump into it too. So I also said Oklahoma City in six. Mm-hmm. Anthony Gilbert, our yeah, good he friend. He got that one right. He got that one right, but he got it wrong. Mm-hmm, I know. He said Portland in seven. Mm-hmm. It didn't go seven. Yeah, no, it wasn't no, really no, that close. no. no. Wasn't really that close at all. Wasn't he? And I, I mean, there were a couple close games, but I think it wasn't. Adil also said uh, Portland at seven, I believe. Yeah, nobody had it being a one-sided series towards Portland. Okay. See, and that's the thing. This is why I was wrong. I'm, okay. I'm going to explain it now. Okay. See, I was wrong because I was willing. To look at West, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> and I was willing uh-huh. to forgive his faults. Yes. I, me, yes. was willing to look at Russell Westbrook and say, I've seen him play more deferentially this year. Mm-hmm. I've seen him not think he has to take every shot this year. Now, while his shooting struggled, I've seen... Evol- or I thought I saw evolution in Russell Westbrook's game. Mm. I thought the effect of his friendship with Paul George would allow him 
to thrive and possibly even take a good step forward in the postseason. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. What happened was through the series, Russell Westbrook took four more total shots than Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard, however, averaged 10 more points a game. Did you hear what I just said? I heard you. I heard. Total shots during the series, Westbrook took four more. Total points? Or excuse me, points not per to- game? Not total points. points 10 per- points per, per, per game. game. Mm-hmm. That's like 40 total points. I'm sorry, 50. They went five games, five didn't games. they? Yep. On four less shots, I scored 50 more points than you. Talk about efficiency. Talk about not, what was he, like 11 for 30 at one point in game five or game four? Mm -hmm. And it was just, and see, I should have listened to me because I was the one who said you won't win with Russell Westbrook as your starting point guard. Mm -hmm. I was the one that said that. I was the one that just said when the situation in the game gets tight, you're gonna when you get to the playoffs and crunch time, instinct takes over and you revert to who you are naturally. I'm the one that said these things. These are the things that I saw. However, mm. I was too foolish to listen to me. And in my foolhardiness, I gave the people OKC at six. I'm sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, I would like to take this time to also admit that I was wrong. The fact that I was wrong about my prediction, that that shouldn't surprise you. I'm I'm wrong a lot where that where that's concerned. That's that's whatever. I was wrong a couple minutes ago. <laughs> about ten minutes ago. My man Jonesy said he, he was wrong. And and I was wrong about the fact that I did not think that I would enjoy what just happened. I was wrong. I enjoyed that tirade very much. <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed what I just heard. Not because I I I, I don't want to seem like like a jerk. Like, I'm just going to just enjoy my man just getting hit with a right cross of truth, you know, because he spent this whole entire... Look, me and Jonesy are pretty cool. I like you a lot, man. Thank you. I like you you a lot, but I also admit that I have not known you very well. Okay. Oh, I shouldn't say I don't... I have not known you very long. I'm sorry. I meant long, not well. I I, I know you. I mean, we cool. We good. We've known each other for what two and a half, three yeah. years now, something like that. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe two. Not, maybe two, if that. You know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. So, but one of the things that that my man Mike Jones, aka Jonesy, what he has maintained there, he has maintained a level of disdain for a core five, four, maybe five NBA players. Shoot first point guards and mellow. Yes. That's the easiest way to describe it. Mm-hmm. Shoot first point guards and mellow. Okay. But that 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 is 
he he's maintained this, mm-hmm. and he's maintained this for a very long time. Consistent, so, yes, consistently, he, he is, he is adamantly. Consistent, he has had a consistent level of disdain. But however, over the course of this season, this particular season, he has softened his stance on one of those players. Only one still has disdain for Kyrie. Still has a level of disdain for Harden, even though he sw- they switched him off the ball. He plays off the ball. Uh, a lot more. I like Harden as a two guard. Mm-hmm. It's just the point guard thing. But still got a level of disdain for him. As a point guard, as a yeah. point guard, yeah, w- w- whatever, man. I, I, I don't need object- objectivity argument right now. <laughs> All right, that's not where we at with this. But nonetheless, he has softened in his stance against Russell Westbrook. He had, he admitted that hey, you know, maybe there were some factors that make him such a bad shoot for first point guard mm-hmm. that maybe he's working his way through. Now that he has a now that he has gotten older and has had a second chance at getting a second fiddle. If you want to say that KD was the second fiddle when he was there because mm-hmm. Mm, no second really. chance at yeah. having a running mate yeah. regardless of who's yeah. the First alpha person, yeah. or who's the beta he's, he's got a he's true got a, running yes, mate with he has him. a second chance at that mm-hmm. given that and now that he's older and a little bit more mature maybe his game is has matured maybe maybe, maybe. let me so so the fact that he now feels now that OKC now that he's gone now that let's let's take a look at this here the first time Russell Westbrook averaged a triple-double for the season. So? Oh, my God. You're taking the air off my sails. But, but the bottom line is a lot of people were impressed. One person who was not impressed, Mike Jones. Who? Mike, Mike Jones. Jones. Second year in a row, Russell Westbrook averages a triple-double for the season. A lot, well, a lot of people were impressed. Maybe not as few, not as many as the first time. But still, people were impressed. One person really was never impressed. Who was that? That would be Mike Jones. Who? Mike Mike Jones. Jones. Not impressed. Not impressed. This is now the third season in a row. Russell Westbrook has averaged a triple-double. Even less people are impressed. People are on to him But still people, but there were still a good number of people who were impressed. One person never impressed by that. Who was his name? Mike Jones. Who? Mike, Mike Jones. Jones. But he was softening in his stance. He had a soft spot for I, Mr. I had Mr. optimism. He I thought had things. Hope. He thought things would change. But here we are, third I mean, season in a row. Russell Westbrook has averaged a triple double for the season. Third season in a row. Where is? Russell Westbrook after the first round of the playoffs home watching the rest of the playoffs with me and Mike Jones who Mike Mike Jones so now you've gotten hit with that right cross of reality let me ask you a question let me because I you know I like to serve you up with narratives and you like to bring down the objectivity now is the time to inject some objectivity Mm-hmm. Do you feel like Russell Westbrook got caught up too much in it is his mano mano battle with Dame Lillard and that drew him out of his game? Because a lot of people feel see, like Dame played him. And see, this is one of those things where if you go back to my original analysis of Russell Westbrook, when I was 
pounding the table, beating the drum, ringing the, sounding the alarm. You'll yes. never win with him as your starting yes. point guard. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why was that he didn't have point guard instincts. That was the main reason why. And what I mean by point guard instincts is that you have to understand the flow of the game and that it's about the team functioning more important than it is. The team functioning well is more important than you functioning well individually. I could score three points or I could score 33 points. My only concern is winning. Who's open every possession? Where's the flow? Who needs a shot? Who's hot? And those were the things I always said Russell didn't get about playing the point guard position. So now, and then historically, you've seen him love to get caught up barking at individual players and individual rivalries. That's who Rushbrook is. So to see it now... Not surprising. To answer your question, do I think it affected them? Absolutely. I absolutely. If a guy is 11 for 30 and keeps shooting, he's out there like he's got something to prove. Because at the, especially at the point guard, when you have other weapons out there with you, there's no reason for you to take 30 shots if you're off. You're, t- you're shooting 33% from the field, basically. Slightly above maybe 34 35% whatever and you keep shooting that's not good basketball it's not good decision making that's not good point guard play and the reason i felt like he wanted to do that cuz in his mind i can't let dame outplay me he's going at me i got to go back at him and dame's not the type you know he might you know, whisper something a little here or there, but he's not the really demonstrative, barking at guys, stomping his feet, making a spectacle of himself type of guy like Westbrook is. And Westbrook seemingly let his emotions, his intensity get the better of him. It's it's actually sad to watch. Because he has so much physical ability, he can he is physically capable of doing things most guys couldn't imagine doing. Yet he can't seem to figure out how to put it together. Maybe he should come spend three weeks with me this summer. I don't know, but are you putting that out there? For for Russ, I'm putting it out there for anybody who wants to get their game up. Come see me. Okay. Look, uh, look. <laughs> I'm all about Camp Jonesy. Bring him down. In, you got a gym, or you just gonna go to like a playground or something? Uh, how, you, I, how you do this? I can get a gym. You can get a gym. I can get a gym. All right, come down to Camp Jonesy. All right, this is what you do. You put it out there in a tweet. Tweet us. Tweet us at o underscore d underscore discount discount. <laughs> Discourse. O underscore D underscore discourse. I thought that was soda in your cup, John. <laughs> uh, it was a little little Dunkin' Cold Brew. I needed <laughs> I needed a, a, a caffeine shot. Mm-hmm. But O underscore D underscore discourse. Hashtag Camp Jonesy. Jonesy will school you. He will get you ready for next season. Holla at me. I get it's, you ready. All right. I, have you right. You, will you? Mm-hmm. I, look. 
I will sit. They should have sent Ben Simmons to come see me three years ago. His shot be wet by now. Oh, see, exactly. I, 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 I believe in you. Look, we, we we need to make that happen. How do we make Camp Jonesy happen? I, I'm I'm all for that. Find me some sponsors. We can get it done. Yeah. Look, we'll do it together, man. We partners, man. Give me some on that. All right. I, we mm-hmm. missed, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we missed the dap. Sorry. There, there we go. There we go. Second time, the second time around, we got it. All right. I admit, me and my man, I wasn't looking at him directly. I put my my <laughs> fist out there. We just straight missed the dap. Multitasking, you know, you're co-hosting and engineer. You got a lot on your plate. It, it, it happens sometimes. You get caught up in there. Mm-hmm. I, I find it. I find this out every time I do. The, I do a live show. I do a live show every day on phillygoflow.com. 10 to 2, if you guys want to listen to me, talk more, check me out. But throughout the day, I'm talking to people on Twitter. I'm talking to people on Instagram, whatever, and I will miss my break mm-hmm. almost every day. You know, here, here's a, let, me break, let, me, let me break the fourth wall real quick of radio. All right, your breaks are at 10, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, and 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to Philly Go Flow and you don't hear me get on until 1025, that means I was probably talking to somebody. There's a good chance it was Mike, and I just missed my break. You know, 10, 10 20, you know, you see 20 minutes roll around past the hour, mm-hmm. and another song starts, and you haven't heard my voice. That means more than likely I am on somewhere on social media, probably arguing with somebody, and there's a good chance it was Mike. All right. That's just how it is. I mean, stuff happens. It does happen, but it's cool though. You know, I, I, I fall. For, it does not take. It does not take much for me to get into these types of conversations. That's just how it is. I got a motto, man. I got time. Who wants smoke? That's 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 what I do. <laughs> so, before before we go too far out into well, another tangent, into another tangent. What's up? I got another question. I want to ask you. Okay. And we're going to get into it a little bit before we wrap up this second segment. Okay. So you know. Take your time. Let's talk about it a little bit. Okay. But here's my question. Three first-round exits in a row. Mm-hmm. What do you do with Russell Westbrook going forward? Here's the problem. Because if you keep losing in the first round, his value is only going to plummet. His value is going to plummet. It's probably and on the way down now. I am not. I am somebody who leans towards if you get rid of a superstar – you better be getting a superstar in return. Now, I understand. Now it how often does that happen? Doesn't happen often enough. Doesn't happen often enough. And I understand that there are situations where that can't happen. It just seems to me like the way Oklahoma City is built as far as contract-wise, I'm not quite sure what else they can do. So if they trade Russell Westbrook, they could process the whole thing. Yeah, that, I mean th- that's what that's, it, that's honestly the yeah, only that's that's where yeah if they're going there's no, I don't believe that there's going to be a way that the Oklahoma City Thunder can get rid of Russell Westbrook now let, let me, and maintain. Let me say this because mm-hmm. I I planned to, from this afternoon I planned I wanted to ask you this question okay. like from early like. I don't know. Some time ago, hours. I was planning. I wanted to okay. ask you this question. I wanted. I kind of felt this. that. All right, but and because here's the thing: the way they are, like you mentioned contract wise, I don't think Paul George is going to be happy going through a rebuild. No. It's you dump you dump off Westbrook and don't get a superstar back, which you're not likely to do. Mm. 
I th- the only realistic alternative is to pretty much process the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Which is the more appealing option to you? You can make the playoffs, sell some regular season tickets. You make the playoffs probably as a lower half seed for the next four or five years. Westbrook and Paul George are good enough to get keep you in that. Mm-hmm. And then you keep losing. Mm-hmm. Well, if, if I may, because you asked me a question. Because it's a similar situation to where the Sixers were before the process. Mm-hmm. They were good enough to get into the playoffs in the lower half of the seat, lower half of the bracket every year. And unless there's a Derrick Rose injury, you don't get out the first round. Mm-hmm. It's not much different. No. Not much different. And I feel like this is where Oklahoma City is. This is as a franchise. They have an exciting player. He has a... He has a sidekick, for a lack of a better term, because this is not about who the alpha is. Mm-hmm. But he has a there's an there is there is a second option that makes them vi- a viable playoff team. Does not make them a championship team, but it makes them a team good enough to be one of the top eight teams in the conference every year. Is that what you want? Are you happy no, with hold, that? Hold, hold on. Let, 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 let oh, me. I'm letting you continue. Okay. I'm just but when when I'm I, when, when, I'm, when I'm saying is. You know, we've had this conversation before about front office people and player legacy. Whereas I feel like there have been owners and there have been front office people in franchises who are cool with, hey, just getting the playoffs, sell a bunch of seats, you know, sell out the arena every 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 uh, season, sell a bunch of jerseys, sell a bunch of merch, we'll be good. If you don't win a championship, whatever, we still get rich, you still get paid. Whatever. And then in the end, when the player's gone, who's, who, who gets the lion's share of the blame when they don't win a championship? Right now, honestly, and, and there's a good chance this question might fall flat on my face because you might know the answer to this question. Who is the general manager of the Oklahoma City Thunder? Sam Presti. Oh, see. Darn, I, I knew you'd be able to answer this, but whatever. I mean, you knew I'd know yeah, that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, but what, what, what I'm he's, saying is. But, he's the but, guy who didn't pay hard. Mm-hmm. But however, around you know, you know because you are a fan and you are a smart you are a smart man. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There are a lot of people out here don't know who you know. You ask a lot of people out here, just uh, you know who a lot of people who might even claim to be basketball people. Hey, who's the who's the general manager of Oklahoma City Thunder? They might not know, but they know who Westbrook is. Mm-hmm. They know who Paul George is. So when they see a play, when they see a player who's averaged a triple-double for a game, a triple-double a game mm-hmm. for three straight seasons and can't get out the first round, who are they going to put it on? Honestly? That, no, not who are you going to put it on. The, who, who, who are most people going to think? Yeah. Honestly, what I think, I think most people long-term are going to – how can I say? You know, I'm not even going to try to be tactful here. Mm-hmm. They're going to be foolish enough to remember him the same way they remember Allen Iverson. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson is remembered as being a far better basketball player than he actually was. Okay. He had a lot of heart, mm-hmm. gave you everything he had. It was a competitor, just like mm-hmm. Russ is. But as far as basketball IQ, decision-making on the court, 
mm-hmm. actually getting a team over the hump into winning. Mm-hmm. Iverson played good basketball one season. Okay, I, literally one this season. Is, this is where this is where I slightly disagree with you. I do well. To me, it's not what people think of Iverson as a player. However, I think people think favorably favorably of Iverson while also blaming him and giving him the lion's share of the blame as to this team never winning a championship. That team never winning a championship. I think but more I think Can I, I ask a question? Oh, just real let, quick. let me finish my, let me let, right. me let me just quickly finish my point. Mm-hmm. I think more people blame Iverson than blame management or any any other factor. And I say that in Oklahoma City, where it's like, you know what? In the end, they're, I think people are going to blame Russell Westbrook. Okay, so here's my question. Okay. I, with regards to Iverson, mm-hmm. when talking about how good of a player he was, how many times is the default defense, the go-to response? Well, who'd he play with? He didn't have any teammates. Mm-hmm. That's not people blaming Iverson. That's people ex- making excuses for Iverson. But the thing was, who wanted to play with Iverson? Nobody wanted to play with Iverson for one reason. You're not going to get the ball. Nobody wants to play with a guy who's not going to pass, mm-hmm. especially if you're a superstar. You don't want to go from being a superstar to a sidekick. Mm-hmm. NBA egos don't work that way. Okay. But I, I, think, I hear what you're saying, but I think that also, because I don't disagree with that, but I feel like that kind of that circles his way back around to my point because I'm not saying that the criticism of Iverson is unfair. I'm not even saying the criticism of Iverson is unwarranted or wrong, and I mean that in the same aspect of Russell Westbrook. Whereas I think on one hand you're going to see fans to see, hey, this dude was a, this dude was an exciting player. He triple double triple double a game for three straight years. That's couldn't it. win it all. And then there'll also be people who say, hey, man, this dude shot an ungodly amount of shots, you know, would dribble the, t- dribble the shot clock out and then shoot it on his own and whatever. And in the end, they could not win. But And I think, I, I guess, well, here, here, here's what I'm Because I'm, 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 I'm disagreeing with you. Okay, go ahead. We got to get to the break. Okay. But see, what the thing is, like, what I hear more than anything from Iverson people wanting to say how great he was and they I hear more people defending and you know I'm one who will poke the bear on this conversation so I hear this conversation oh he didn't have teammates he didn't have anybody that's far more than someone saying well you know if I say anything to the effect of Iverson might have been holding the team back (laughs) people are ready to like lynch me and murder me in the streets well look you have been and I think a long-time that, peddler of Iverson slander. And I think it's going to end up going the same way with Rushbrook because mm-hmm. the further we get away from the actually being able to watch it, the eyeball test, mm-hmm. the more people are going to romanticize the numbers and the, the triple doubles and things mm-hmm. like that. And it, it, I think it's going to be inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like Similarly to the way right now people – who never watched basketball in the 60s, mm-hmm. think Wilt was better than Bill Russell. Mm-hmm. But people who watched basketball in the 60s all thought Bill Russell was better. Okay. But Bill Russell has the numbers. 
See, you're going to throw that out there right when we up against the break, so I'm not even going to argue it. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to fall down that trap. Right. You know, that, that's the conversation for another day. I told you my father would put you out this house. You say that again. <laughs> All right. But, look, you asked me what's going to happen with Oklahoma City. I think, I, I think the rational ob- object – I think they have to seriously think about – I'd blow the whole thing Yeah, up. blowing the whole thing up and – Getting down with the process, I'm, but I'm I think cutting the roster, get mm-hmm. whatever I can for Westbrook. However, I I see Paul when, George. I think you can actually pull off something, get some value, some mm-hmm. good pe- draft picks, some lottery yeah. picks or something. Yeah. And but I I see you're in the West. You're not going to come out the West. You're not mm-hmm. going to beat anybody with this. I see team. a small market town that's right now making a lot of money. And although, and I know you because I know you. I know you are driven. By a very competitive spirit. That's how you've always been. I want to win. I understand that. So you, for for you, you are thinking of, you are thinking about this from the standpoint of winning. Yes. And how do we get back to winning? Yes. I think I am not convinced that Oklahoma City is not thinking about this from the standpoint of money. We are making money. And to get to this point where we're winning, we have to lose money. And I'm not quite sure if they're there yet. It'll happen. No, what what I'm saying, I know it'll happen. But the question is, when when will it happen? Will it happen when it's too late? When you can't get anything for for Westbrook? That's what I was going to say. That's exactly what I was going to say. You you have to do it before it's too late. Because the 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 longer you wait. The more their value, especially Russell Westbrook's value, goes down. Paul George actually played fairly well mm-hmm. these playoffs. Yeah, he just—I agree, I agree. You strike while the iron is hot. You want to do this, you do this now. To me, I feel like yeah, you get on the phone and you call whoever's in charge over at uh, at the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers? Yeah. Who are you getting from LA? I don't know. Look, you already know you're gonna take a loss. Oh, see, there was a call I would make, but it wouldn't have been L.A. Who? It had been going south. New Orleans. You call New Orleans? I'm calling New Orleans. Okay. Another small market team that could probably want to sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Got a couple years of control mm-hmm. on Westbrook's deal. Paul George, Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Maybe we figure something out where I might be able to get your pick with it. Mm-hmm. I hope. I doubt it. But you, mm-hmm. they have a little leverage in New Orleans mm-hmm. because... They know he wants to leave, and I'm willing to give you a superstar player back. I would not be surprised. Well, that actually, I think, would put them in the Anthony Davis mix. I ain't got no, I ain't got time for all your sense making and objectivity. <laughs> all right, I'm look. I have no clue how the Lakers would make this happen, but I would not be surprised if Westbrook hits the trade market. That the Los Angeles Lakers would be somewhere in that in that conversation. Now, now I want you to think about this. Hmm? Now, West, oh, okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. Think about this. Russell Westbrook and LeBron James as teammates. Bro. That being said, mm. we got to go okay, to break. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, we'll be back more after this. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to soundcloud.com slash B-I-T-W sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. 
Invest in better futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. When you need to be caught up on all that's going on in the sports world, tune into the Best in the World Sports Report with all-knowing John Brown each and every Saturday morning starting at 8 a.m. here on the Philly Go Flow at phillygoflow.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, everybody, we are back. <laughs> so, I think I'm got all the Russell Westbrook out of my system. Though. All right, I think what, what are you so. going to do? Think, think what are you so. going to do next year when Russell Westbrook is a Laker? You don't want me to have any hair left, do you? No. It's already almost gone. You just don't want me to have any left. Look, next year, Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love, both both Lakers. You, Russell, this is what I want you guys, look, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Love, and LeBron James, all Lakers. If, if and when that happens, Mike Jones and LeBron James will have dueling hairlines because it's just called you know it's, I could just see I, I could I, I could see that stress I'm, I'm stressed now thinking about it like look and here's the thing know why you're stressed thinking about it because I'm thinking about the fans I'm gonna have to ha- listen to, to say oh. stupid stuff oh, oh yeah see that's the problem because you 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 hold on to objectivity and reality and facts way too dearly I mean, That's the difference between me and you. They're kind of important. Yeah, 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 but you know what? At some point, you got to let go of that and get into some fan-ish. I guess. And and here's the thing. It's like, look, <clears throat> the objectivity lead you got to you got to know how you got to know how to marry the two together. Because you know that Le- you put LeBron and Russell Westbrook on one team. You, you as an object, as a person who embraces objectivity, a person who embraces basketball and embraces the X's and O's of basketball, you know in your heart of hearts, there's no way that works. You know that. Me being a lover of fan-ish, I know that all the little closet Lakers fans who haven't been Lakers fans since they were Heat fans and all the people who, you know, who, you know, the Lakers fans who are also Cowboys fans, who are also Yankees fans, you know, you 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 know those people. Mm-hmm. Those people who will then tell you that they've been a fan ever since Magic Johnson, whatever, whatever, Kobe Bryant is the GOAT, you know, all, all the you know, all those guys. When they Except come out the during that brief stretch where they were Warriors fans yes. before they got KD. Yes, 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 exactly. They were Warriors fans mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. KD. Mm-hmm. No, I, I'm sorry, I, I skipped a period. You know, they were Heat fans, then Warriors fans, and now they're back to Lakers fans. You know they'll be coming in here, just like they were when LeBron first went to Los Angeles. And I, because I know you, and it was stressed you out, it stressed you out a year ago because you knew that LeBron in Los Angeles wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. You knew that, especially when I saw the roster. Yeah, together. yeah, I understand. 
Well, so what I'm saying is, I understand because you know you see that failing, you see that falling on his face, and you know it's not going to work. But it's not going to stop all the people from predicting that the Los Angeles Lakers are going to win it all. However, but the thing is, it's like I know that. So it's like for me, who loves to get into these fan conversations, I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop. So as they're sitting there talking about me and my team and our process, you know, when we go on to win another 50 something games and we just get better when, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm looking at my team. I'm loving my team. Now, I admit, yeah, you know what? A year ago, I was I was all set for LeBron to come to Philly and you were the one who taught me out of it. You know, and, I wanted no parts of that. You wanted no parts of that. And I commend you here. I'm, I'm looking right at see, <laughs> We got the dap right that time. All right. You were the one who said to me, you know, like, look, man, this is not going to work. And I looked at you and I said, Mike, you're out of your, your I, I didn't cuss at him, mm-hmm. but I wanted to. I was like, man, you are mine. This is the GOAT. This is LeBron. And I and I used the word GOAT just, just so the, I could. Just, just the, the needle. Yeah, 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 just pretty the much. Needle. Yeah, yeah, I poked that bear every day. Just like, yeah, LeBron, GOAT, Philly, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. And you were like, like, he was like, John. You're out of your mind. Not only is this not going to happen, it shouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And and you know what? Look, me because I'm not you. I could and because it happens a lot, probably a lot more often. I can admit I was wrong. So I'm I'm, I'm cool uh, with that. I can admit I was wrong. I did it on this show. You, you did it. All, I promise you, he will not do it again for another month and a half. No matter if he's right or wrong. Oh, it's not going to happen that soon. <laughs> it's not going to happen that soon. A see, month and a see, half. Come see. on. See, first of all, now you now you try to poke me. All right, now you that's that was your get back. But nonetheless, I'm look. I I understand that in in I you know being objective, being a realist, there's probably no way in reality that the Lakers could get Russell Westbrook. However, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. But. Look, for me, if it did happen, I'm just waiting for that other shoe to drop when they st- when they still not in the playoffs. I mean, when the, with the Lakers, with LeBron showing age and injury, with the ragtag roster they put together, Magic resigning without even talking to ownership. Magic it, was like, I'm out. It's it's I'm a clown done, show. Son. It's 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 turned into a clown yes. show. Yes. They might as well go ahead and hire LeVar Ball in the front office. It's a clown show. No, see, that would, that would, that would no longer be me needling you. <laughs> that would be the Los Angeles Lakers purposely saying, you know what? That would be the Lakers saying, you know what? There's this dude in Philly who has an internet radio show and a podcast that has really been, you know, taking us to task. How can we mess with this dude? I know. That's what that would be the Lakers hiring LeVar Ball. I would I would seriously consider if they hired Levar LeVar Ball, I would think they had it out for you personally. Absolutely uh, yes. That, but once again, I refuse to allow us as hosts to dedicate full segments to the Los Angeles Lakers because they're not in a playoffs. Oh, no, no, this won't be a full segment. Yeah. So let, let, let me move let, let's move on. Let's move on to teams that are still in the playoffs. We'll see. Oh, Uh that's what I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I did actually want to talk to you about that. I saw an article, I don't know, maybe a week ago. I'm not sure exactly the date. But the headline was, get ready for the greatest round in NBA playoff history. 
referring to this second round that we're about to see. Okay. And I thought about it. Is this second round really going to be that good? Because you see that high, that headline, you're like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. And then you start looking about some of the potential matchups. You got the juggernaut Warriors against the offensively genius Rockets. Chris Paul and James Harden both looking for elusive playoff success against what has been everyone in the West nemesis the last few years. You'll have the Sixers versus Toronto. The young upstarts versus one of the three probably best players in the league and a guy who in Kawhi Leonard who has beat the Sixers, Mm. whether it was San Antonio or Toronto, 13 straight times. And it's a 2-3 series, Mm -hmm. so it should be close. You've got Boston versus Milwaukee. There it's a complete contrast in styles of play, talent. It that that will be an interesting match matchup of styles. And then you'll have what? Houston Golden State. Denver and Denver and Portland. Portland. Which is a team in Portland who seems to really be on a mission to prove something after an early exit last year. They're mm-hmm. focused to play a good basketball. And a Denver team that was tested in the first round by a Spur by the Spurs and squeaked by. Mm-hmm. It should be a very good second round. I I tend to think the best round when I think of great playoff years I always tend to think of those years and especially especially when it's wide open even when it's wide open when there's a team that you believe will win it all like I believe all right. Like, 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 case in point. Look, case, case in point. Let, let me throw this out there, and then, then I got I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I'm throwing an example to you. Too. Okay. Go ahead. Case in point. I think 2001. Mm-hmm. The East specifically in 2001. Stunk. Hmm. Stunk. You thought it stunk? The East. There's a lot of bad basketball going on in 2001. You think so? Absolutely. Okay. I, the I, games I were close, and the series were exciting. Mm-hmm. That was the year the Sixers battled through Toronto. Toronto. And, I, and, and then Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. Yeah. There were some very tough, close games. There was a lot of bad basketball being played. Okay. Not I, I, I ju- but not just in the East, in the NBA during that stretch. Okay. All right. All right. That was the stretch of the NBA where the Iverson years were exemplified by bad basketball. There were a lot of front office guys looking for the next Michael Jordan instead of just looking for good basketball players. And if a guy's going to end up being the next great one, he'll end up being that. But you need good basketball players. They're drafted guys who are athletes. And it's nice to be an athlete when you play basketball. Okay. But it's more important to be a basketball player. Okay. You know, you start seeing guys like Harold Miner and (laughs) Gerald Green got drafted right out of high school. He didn't need to get drafted right out of high school. He didn't turn into even an effective NBA player until he was 26, 27. Mm -hmm. 
but he was in the league since he was 18. Okay. And there was a lot of that going on. Guys who truly, believe it or not, the one and done rule was great for the NBA. Because pro coaches don't teach the game. Mm-hmm. They'll put a, look at a guy and say, look, do this, help us win. If you can't do it or you can't help us win, sit down. College coaches actually teach you the game. They teach you how to read the court. They teach you on both ends, how to read on defense, how to read on offense. Mm-hmm. The little subtleties of the game are what you learn in college. Because high school and AAU, you work on conditioning. Mm-hmm. And you're growing, so you're dealing with coordination and learning yourself. Mm-hmm. And you get some skill development. But college is where a lot of that basketball IQ work used to be done. Mm-hmm. And then the, you had the KG and Kobe years. And then after that, everybody wanted to come out of high school. Everybody's looking for that. Yeah. Kwame Brown, Jermaine O'Neal, all these guys, Amari. And these are guys who had half-decent careers. But you ever heard of Lenny Cook? I heard, I mean. Exactly. For the context of this conversation, <laughs> You know what I mean? So that it was a lot of that going on in the stretch, I'd say, from 98 post-lockout okay. up until maybe – 2010 2011 mm-hmm. you remember how shocked everyone was when the detroit pistons actually won a title like no one expected them to win that title when were you talking about uh the um larry brown pistons. oh okay okay not yeah. the isaiah thomas chuck oh. daly pistons larry brown rip hamilton chauncey billups pistons okay. everyone was shocked when they won mm-hmm. but anyone who understood basketball realized them and the spurs were the only two teams of the league actually playing good ball and that's why they went to as much success during that period as they did. They were the only two teams in the league interested in ball movement, player movement, off the ball, mm-hmm. hustling on defense. That The fundamentals, everybody, no, ISO, one-on-one, got him. No, it doesn't work. You don't win like that. So when you bring up 2001, mm-hmm. in my mind, you'll never hear me say those were a good playoff. Okay. Now, a year I will go to, mm-hmm. I'd say that stretch from, say, I'm just thinking of the East, 95 to mm-hmm. 98, okay. three-year yeah. stretch, yeah. where you've got well, Orlando Bulls. temporarily, Well, it was like the Bulls, mm-hmm. the Knicks, the Pacers. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like the te- Bulls, were, I felt like what made those, were, I, 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 see, I see your point. And I agree because I feel like what made for me what made that those years exciting was you put the Bulls at the top, you, especially jo- especially Jordan's Bulls. Mm-hmm. You put them at the top. You knew the question was at the time were the Knicks good enough to be up there with them? Mm-hmm. Now hindsight being twenty twenty, were Reggie Miller's Pacers good, good enough? enough? Well, I felt like. Knicks, uh, excuse me, Bulls were up top. Knicks were right there below them. Mm-hmm. Then the question was, were the Pacers good enough to be with the Knicks? And then you saw Orlando, Shaq's, Shaq's magic. Shaq and Penny, the, Orlando. Yeah, when they came up, were they then good enough to be with the Knicks? And then Mike retires. That brings the Bulls back down to earth. So now, were the Knicks good, were, you had, were, Indiana and Orlando good enough to be with the Bull with with the Knicks, mm-hmm. and now that Mike's out, are could the Knicks 
beat the Bulls. So it to me it made you you expected it to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Bulls and Knicks. You kind of expected that. But what made it exciting was even though you know, even though you say all right, you expect Bulls and Knicks and you think all right, this is this is predictable. You knew it could be different. And the question was, could you expect it to be Bulls and Knicks? Could the Pacers change that? Could the Magic change that? For a year or so, could the Sixers change that? Grant Hills now, and, and could the Pistons change? You know, mm-hmm. could somebody unseat these teams? You think they're unstoppable, but yeah, you if, see this. And, and that's, if you take and, me from I, like the mid-90s going earlier, like from mid-90s going mm-hmm. earlier through the 80s, yeah. or if I should say the other way around, from the 80s, from the 80s up to the mid-90s, I'll say it that way, mm-hmm. you'd see a lot of great basketball consistently. Mm-hmm. Then there was a fall-off period, in my in my, okay. my, in my opinion. The post-Jordan years. The post-Jordan years where everybody's looking for the next Jordan. Mm-hmm. And the post-Jordan second year, because I feel like there wasn't... There, the, the post-second the, three-peat yeah. years. Because I feel like, even though we're, we're talking a year and a half, we're talking one postseason without Jordan because he was back. But it was also post lockout. Yep. And things like that. You start mm-hmm. you start to see limits on contracts and mm-hmm. things like that. And the business of the NBA started to change. Yes. Agreed. The, you saw success with drafting KG and Kobe and then the mentality of how to find the next prospect also mm-hmm. changed. People were scared because KG got drafted. What number one? Did he go number one? No, he didn't, uh, no, he was number number three. Exactly. Kobe went number one, though, right? No, Kobe didn't go number one. Kobe went what? Number sixteen. Thirteen. Thirteen. But, oh, but, I, but my but my point is is this that after the success of those two guys and people started to see these are two all-time great talents right out of high school. Mm-hmm. Everyone was so scared to miss on the next mm-hmm. high school player mm-hmm. that they drafted a lot of kids who didn't belong. Who, if, they didn't have, if they would have gone to college, you would have known against better competition, these aren't NBA players. Mm-hmm. In high school, if you're a 6'6 wing, you can us- you're usually going to dominate your local league, yeah, your yeah, districts, six, your regionals. If you're a 6'6 player, you're probably going to play, you know, in high in high school, you, a, and that's what I mean. If you you're a 6 center, if yeah, you're yeah. and that's what I mean. If you're a 6'6 wing in high school, there's nobody that could guard you more often than not. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to evaluate talent like that. Yeah. It's funny like cuz you remember when Kobe was coming out of college, people were people were saying that they didn't know what position he would play. Mm-hmm. In the league, because just for what you said, you know, because he was a he was a wing player, and he didn't necessarily have the he didn't necessarily have the shot yet mm-hmm. to be a two. Wasn't all the way there yet. Yeah, the jump shot wasn't there yet. He didn't have the handles to be a point, and he didn't have the he the had bulk, the, he didn't have the bulk to be a, a front court th- player. Yeah. yeah. So and so people, I mean, I I remember. Uh, I remember David. I want to say David Aldridge. If I'm misquoting him, ain't nobody gonna tell him. I'm sure he's not listening. But um, I I think it was David Aldridge who said, like Kobe, you should go. You know, he mm-hmm. needs to go to college. Yeah. And and the, the argument he made was pretty. You know, was pretty solid. You know, you have time to develop your body and your game. Exactly. Exactly. So that that being said, are you saying that 
the point was, was this year's second round, could this be the most exciting second round ever? You compare, you compare it to these. I think that's a recency bias statement. Okay. okay. I think it can be a very exciting second round. But to go, start talking about the best second round ever, I mean, think about it this way. Go back to mid-early 80s. You got a lot of great players in the league. Mid-80s, there's yeah. a lot yeah. of great players in the league. Mm-hmm. And then imagine having six fewer teams. Mm. Yep. So your talent is more concentrated onto your team. Yeah. So your top teams, to be a top team in a less watered-down league, are going to be a lot more competitive. Mm-hmm. Sixers, won a, uh, Sixers won a title in 83. Mm-hmm. What happened to them the very next year? Mm, they didn't do a whole lot. By a whole lot, what do you mean? Lost in the first round. First round, yeah. But that, I mean, but that's just it. And the league was that competitive. Yeah, that exactly year. that you're defend that you're defending world champions and losing the first round. And they pretty much brought that whole team back. Mm-hmm. Tina just and the Lakers were a juggernaut. Lakers were that was the the height of the Showtime Lakers. They, they beat them in what? Four, no, four. Uh, five. Four, no, it was four, four, five, four. Four, four, five, four. He said four, four, four. He and said four, four. Then it ended up being four, five, four. You're right. Yeah. So they swept the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Swept the Lakers. Magic, Kareem, Worthy, all of them. Mm-hmm. Swept them. Came and back you, the very next year. Lost. Just in, named in L.A. As mm-hmm. loaded as they were, got swept. Back to back titles once. Mm-hmm. Eighty six and eighty seven. No, eighty seven and eighty eight. Something like that. But I think they had back to back titles once. Mm-hmm. And now you put a team like the league panics. You put one good team together now. Mm-hmm. If I have a team with more than three all stars, the whole league panics. Oh yeah, there were teams with three Hall of Famers back then. Mm-hmm. Almost all those teams had three Hall, had at least three now. Especially now, now what, let's see, Bobby Jones is about to go in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So he joins. So that team Doc, had Doc Moses, Moses Cheeks. Cheeks. Bobby Jones mm-hmm. and Billy Co- and, and the coach for that matter too. Coaches in the Hall of Fame too. Exactly. Coaches in the Hall of Fame. That's what I mean. So like mm-hmm. the, the idea of super teams even is not new. Yeah. Even uh, Walt, Walton was at the end of was at the end of the run when uh, Celtics were winning. Yeah. But still, you had McHale, you Bird, had Bird, Parrish, Parrish Johnson, Ainge, Johnson. They had and Walton. Walton. You know, Walton was at the end, but still, you know, mm-hmm. they had guys, they had players. Mm-hmm. It was. But that's what happened. And then you, like, in the later years with all that talent, you bring in a guy like Reggie Lewis, mm-hmm. rest in peace, yep. you, you know? Oh, yeah. You, that, that, I mean. He was a baller. Oh, he was a baller. <laughs> and it was, baller. like, if, if, had Reggie, like, one, one, that's a, that's, no, that's, that's, that's a show we should do. In this, just get some, get some ball people in here. Get, get Anthony in here talk about that. How lethal Reggie uh, Lewis Boston would have been had they transitioned, had they, had they made the seat. The, the seamless transition the seamless from transition. the Bird years to the Reggie exactly. Lewis years. And think about think about two. Think about this too. Len Bias. Mm-hmm. You know where where Boston would be had they had that you know had that nucleus been able to to successfully transfer over to Len Bias and then later you know have mm-hmm. another chance with Reggie you know with Reggie Lewis. Yeah. Like, and and for for me as somebody who grew up hating the Boston Celtics. That, just the, the the thought of that scares me. Like they would have been unstoppable. That that would have just been crazy. But, but that just goes to serve my point. Like playoffs back then, and I'm not. 
a guy who likes to I don't necessarily believe everything older was better. Okay. Yeah. Now, cuz I'll tell you like I was just discussing, there was definitely a down era in the NBA in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And the guys now are better than they were during that down era. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's hard to compare them to the era prior to the down era. Mm-hmm. Era because of so many rule changes and things like that when you try to have those conversations there's no way you could know that in 1986 steph curry wouldn't be dana barrows Mm. there's just no way you could know that yeah so but the stylistically Mm. players for the most part teams for the most part especially at least the better teams are understanding ball movement, player movement, mm-hmm. things like that, which lend itself to more efficient basketball. Yeah. So from that standpoint, I'd probably be willing to say this could be the best second round we've seen in a decade. Okay. Maybe two. I I personally. Because that's the thing. <laughs> like, cause I know, right. I'll, I'll say this, and I'm going to let you hand it over to you. Mm-hmm. Let like that 2001 year, yeah. I think you're remote romanticizing that as a Philly fan. Okay. Because that, that for, could be it. Because okay. for Philly fans, those rounds were exciting. Okay. Game seven, game seven, close mm. games, yeah. 50, back, somebody else 50, mm-hmm. go back with. But okay. overall, the league playoffs, that's probably a little bit different story. Okay. I mean, that could be it. I, I, I don't, I, I won't dispute that. I mean, that, that could very well be it. Because, like, I remember that differently. Mm-hmm. And it could just be because it was it was the Sixers and that was my squad. For me, I, I, I don't want to make that comparison now. I would I – would, I, and I wouldn't want to make that – I wouldn't want to make a statement like that during any of those times. Like, I, that's a conversation I would rather have when it's all said and done. 15, 20 years down the no, road no, when, we're well, yeah, when we're removed yeah. from it can yeah. have hindsight to yeah. be objective. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I can do it. I, I, like, I, I don't mind the objectivity. I just think being irrational and just being a fan is just more fun. But but as, but as when I mean, when it comes time to be objective, when it comes time to have that conversation like, hey, was this the best playoff? I would rather sit back and have it hindsight than sit here now before the games have been played. Hey, this could be because I feel like you're setting yourself up for failure. You know, it's like there are there are question marks about each of these matchups. I mean, just looking at the East, you know, you're looking at. There's a question mark of how well Philly can match up with Toronto. Absolutely a question there. You know, it's like you want to think, you know, you want to think because Philly has transformed their lineup so many times. And with the lineup that they have now, combined with the role they were able to get on in this Brooklyn series, that maybe this will be a more this series will be more competitive than it was in the regular season where Toronto with the exception of the one game that Kawhi didn't play pretty much owned the Sixers Mm -hmm. so you know you think that this will be a better series but there's a good chance that it won't be you see how Boston was able to handle the Pacers without Victor Oladipo 
But it was like we've been sitting here all season ever since Oladipo went down thinking, hey, at some point in time, they were going to come back to earth. This was going to catch up with them. Fortunately for the Pacers, it caught up to them in the playoffs and not in the regular season. But finally, in the playoffs, they looked like a team missing their star. Mm-hmm. Boston, with their flaws, were able to – easily dispose of a Pacers team missing their star. Milwaukee still has Giannis, and Giannis is still arguably the best player in the league. Who is the best player in the league is an argument for another show. But right now, okay. Not going to dispute. <laughs> not going to dispute you. Before the context of this conversation, but it's, it's a, it's, he's in the debate. Yeah, he's in the debate. No question. Giannis is in the top three players in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Top. So bottom line is, it's like, okay, yes, Boston played a whole lot. Boston seemed to get their act together somewhat. And I'm throwing throwing up air quotes. I'm trying to speak in a different tone or whatever, you know, to preface that however you want to put it. Because it's still Boston and the problems that they have are still there. But they were able to piece it together without, you know, to beat a Pacers team missing their star. So you want to think, you want to hope this could be a good matchup, but there's a good chance that Milwaukee rolls right through Boston. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Portland. I think I see Portland and Denver. That might be a good series for just what we talked about earlier. I think that one will be a good series. That might be the best series in this. Th- and I in think this whole Houston lot. and Golden State will be a good series, no matter what happens in Houston, Golden State. Because of the players and the styles involved, okay. that's going to be a fun series. Okay, we'll see. Only time will tell. So, to, but to me, it's like, could this be, could this be the best second round ever, the best playoff year ever? Yeah, but no one else. This could be a tremendous dud. It could be. You're it absolutely could. Right. So, to, to me, for for me, this is a conversation I would rather have. When it's all over, I would rather get through the playoffs and then say, hey, let's sit down and compare this playoffs to other years and let's see how well this, you know, how well this this stacks up. I would rather have this conversation in July and say, hey, man, was the 2019 playoffs as good as the uh, was that as good as 1998, 1997, 1996, 1995? And that's fair. I don't think I was actually wanting you to be fair or objective when I asked you that question. <laughs> but are you say, are you telling me that this, this was the time? This was the actual time you wanted me to say, you know, to to, to be a fan. Well, I will I will I will put it to you like this. I think honestly, to you know, to highlight something that you had said earlier when you were making your point. Yeah, there's always going to be a recency bias, mm-hmm. and I think when you deal with fans of our age and i'm you know you know i'm look man brother's gonna be 43 this year mm-hmm. you know and, you know I'm, I'm, I'm a brother in my 40s so you know you know you ask anybody you know most people in their 40s you know best ever about anything recent first you know they're gonna be like man back in my day yeah back in yeah exactly so to me it's like is this the best ever i'm like man no now, the objectivity says, hey, you know what? Hey, let's wait and see. It could be. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm, you know, if you're asking me, like, straight off the bat without the games being played, nah, dude, no way. I say 2001, but, yeah, I admit 
could be a fan bias. If you want to say 95, you know, 94, 95. When you think when you think about when I think about uh let's see, 95 playoffs. I when I think of the 95 playoffs, I th- that was a year, that was that seven game series with uh Nixon Indi- Indiana. Now see for me, I go to 95, 96. Okay. The first year of the second three-peat for the Bulls. Okay. Because going into that playoffs, you have Mike back to his full first season, mm-hmm. but he also just lost in the playoffs to Penny and Shaq. Mm-hmm. So there's intrigue there. What's yeah. going to happen? Mm-hmm. This is Dennis Rodman's first year with yeah. that Bulls team. Mm-hmm. You have the Knicks who are perennial or were perennially a thorn in the Bulls' side, mm-hmm. and the Pacers who – Reggie Miller was never short of confidence. Rick Smith was a solid player. They were a very physical, tough team and well coached. Mm-hmm. Those four going into the playoffs that year yeah. made everything exciting in yeah. the East. Okay. So you, you see what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. so right now, going into the second round, we don't have those type of dynamics. Yeah. We have good teams that should present fun matchups. Mm-hmm. But there was more anticipation, more drama to couple with a playoff like that year. And there, even though Mike was in the league, there is a sense of uncertainty because the team that just beat him the year before is back in the playoffs. I think that there. I think there. You have the best of both worlds when you compare those those early nine those mid nineties. And I almost playoffs. forgot one thing. What's up? That 95-96 Bulls team also won 72 regular season games. Okay. And the last team that won 71 didn't 73. Win, didn't win the championship. Nope. The team that won 71 or 73. Mm-hmm. There were, or there was a 69-win team I think there was that didn't, didn't win. win. Yeah. And then the team that won 73 didn't win. So it's not a short-fire thing yeah. that you win – the set record setting games in the being regular the best, season that being, you win. being the best regular season team we seen we see that in all the sports mm-hmm. team with the best you know you know when you're talking about the a best to no Patriots yep but you lose mm-hmm. so these things I think I, wasn't it a couple years ago and I could be wrong because I don't have my laptop in front of me I believe there was like a Seattle team a Seattle uh, Mariners team mm-hmm. that won a hundred games won over a hundred games like most wins in. Baseball regular season history mm-hmm. didn't win it all. I think they even, uh, even I, I believe I'm they, not even sure if they went to the World Series. No, I don't, no, they did. I don't think they did. No, not at all. No, I can't remember how many. I, I believe it was a record, but I believe it was it was the most regular season wins in Major League Baseball history. Didn't win it all, just like you said, eighteen and zero Patriots. But I think, but to your point, I feel like what made they were what made those mid 90s playoffs team playoff just those rounds what made them special was one there were storylines two there was a level of familiarity with all these teams but i think and i think they were actual natural storylines yeah. they weren't manufactured Twitter beef yeah. storylines yeah. or i mean here's the thing all right let's let's look at let's with the exception of golden state and houston mm-hmm. who are two teams that have met in the postseason before you're looking at Portland and Denver. Now I know young, I, exciting, young and exciting, but no, still no real rivalry yeah. history. There's no yeah, ch- you don't expect any chippiness going in. No, maybe yeah. it, and it's not maybe even, it develops over the series. Yeah. But who I knows? Mean, but it's like 
I mean, if you're if you're a basketball purist, I'm picking Portland in that series. By the way, okay. I'm at, and, and we will have you and Anthony back on the show to, to because one of y'all going to be wrong. But nonetheless, you got Portland, Denver. As a fan, as a purist, and as a basketball guy, yes, I understand why that series excites you. Casual fan, no juice. Nah, not so much. No, no juice. Not for a casual fan. Yeah. For a basketball fan, for, that's, yeah. that's, that's a good series. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee, Boston. That one is probably more for the casual fan. You, you got think? the big names. You got Giannis. Giannis and Kyrie are the big mm-hmm. names. You're going to get a, Tatum is a, developing a name mm-hmm. for himself. You're going to get I, I think, a lot of probably highlight plays in that series with guys like Kyrie and Giannis being two of the more marketable players mm-hmm. in the NBA because yeah. of their very different but unique skill sets. I, I see that series as being – the opposite of what Portland-Denver is. Whereas Portland and Denver might not have a lot of juice for the casual fan, but might be a better series. I think Milwaukee-Boston is something that has a lot of appeal to the casual fan that might not be as good a series once they tip the ball. Oh, I agree. I'm expecting Milwaukee to win that one. Fairly easily? Yeah. Okay. And honestly, I just think I see – I see Philly and Toronto as I see Philly and Toronto as a uh, as a toss up. I just don't know what you're going to get there. I can see that going one of two ways. Okay. Sixers a very tough one series could win in six or seven, mm-hmm. or Toronto could win in four or five. Mm. It's going to go one. In my opinion, one of those two ways, and we don't just don't know how. Philly is going to respond to playing Toronto, mm. and we won't until it actually happens. No, definitely, definitely, definitely. It's, it's going to be very. It, there are too many unknowns in that series right now. Yeah. Phillies retooled their roster the, a few times, and I don't think they've played each other full squad yet. No. So we just have no idea how these two teams are going to match up at this point. Could be the best. Could be the best series. I mean, this, this has the potential of being the best series in this playoffs. Or, because um, I agree with you, it could be Sixers grind it out in the long one, mm-hmm. or Toronto makes short work of them. Yeah, it could be either one. I, either I one. honestly don't know. If you want me to, um, if you want me to give you my gut, mm-hmm. I think it's Toronto that wins this series. I, but it's not, please don't think I'm writing the Sixers off. No, no, I'm not. The Sixers. If they surprise me showing some more maturity than you usually get from young teams, they absolutely have the talent to compete and win in this series. The question is not talent. Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily even think the question is coaching as much as it will be chemistry and maturity. Your two most talented players have a combined 11 playoff games between them. 11 play Or each. No. This, Something ben like that. Simmons has played 15 total playoff games. It's 15 now? 15. It was second round. Yeah, yeah first five, two. five, and five. That's what mm-hmm. And Embiid has less because he's missed some games. Mm-hmm. Embiid has 12? 12. 12 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 12. Because mm-hmm. he missed, what, two what, two games in the fir- uh, first round last year? So, so and yeah. And one game in this season. So, yeah, 
both these guys are at 15 or less. We don't know how they're going to respond to mm-hmm. going up against the league's best perimeter defender, mm-hmm. a very athletic, very well coached. And no longer mm-hmm. have home court advantage. And no longer have home court that where they absolutely thrive in the Wells Fargo Center. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking Toronto, but I really I, – I don't know. Okay. I won't say I'm wrong for that. I don't know. All right. I understand. Look, man, we don't – we don't, we don't need you to know. That's why we watch the games. Exactly. I I would not judge you if you want to come back after they played a couple of games. You can make your prediction next week. I understand that's not how it works. But when your name is on the show like yours is, my name do is on the show too. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. It's called Offense, Defense, and Discourse with Mike Jones and John Brown. Sounds good. You're still Mike Jones, right? I am. All right. Oh, well, I'm John Brown. Let's do it then. Let's do that then. We'll come back next week after a couple games, then we'll give you our predictions, all right? Sounds good to me. No, I could probably still be wrong. I'll come back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto will be up two games and nothing. I'll be like, yeah, but I think Toronto's gonna win. Sixers win four straight. <laughs> then I'm looking silly. Uh, that's the fun of sports. It, it is that's the why we play the game. Whatever, man. And I'll be on the week after. either way. I ain't going nowhere. Sorry. I'm not. I don't think I am. I don't know. You ain't hear anything, did you? We'd be in kind of trouble if you did. Show needy. Well, I'll tell you that. That feels good. It's good to feel needy sometimes, you know? Well, yeah. you need we, we need you. All right. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that need. All right, dude. You ready to get out? Get on out of here? Let's go home. All right, let's go home. Next week, we're going to talk NFL draft, though. Oh, you see, we intentionally avoided the draft this week. Yeah. I didn't want to talk draft no. before the draft is over. No, no need to. Next week, we come back next Friday. You got the podcast. You can listen through through the weekend. Yeah. And hear all of our draft recaps, who we think won, who we think lost, mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Here, here's, here's, a, here's, a, here's a special preview of mine. I'm going to believe that the Eagles won the draft. I'm already predicting the Eagles will get an A, the Cowboys will get an F, the Redskins will get an F, uh, and uh, the Giants will get an F. So we did get one prediction in this There you show. go. There you go. There's Had to prediction. get one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, everybody. It's been fun. Catch you next time. Thanks for just hanging with us. We're out. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. The proceeding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.